Hi, it's Matt. It's Money Lab. It's another day. It's another episode. Welcome to the show. All right, today I wanted to just go over, because I've been uh, doing this a lot, I wanted to go over my checklist for creating blog content or creating posts or creating articles. I have no idea what to call it. I don't like calling it post because you can have like an Instagram post. Article is like, it's not an article. It's like there's multimedia involved. There's videos. There's graphics. Semantics, my friend, semantics. Um, But uh, I have this huge, huge checklist in Asana I'm going to pull up right now. Um, For every single article that I do, I have these subtasks within it. And I'm going to go through each one, why I put it there. And how I use it. All right. So, uh, for context, a couple months ago, I decided within our business that it was important for me to go back into the world of creating articles, blog content, WordPress posts for Swim University. The main reason for that was because we, uh, the, 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 Google helpful content update or whatever came out and people told me we were hit and they were like, oh, I looked at your stuff in Ahrefs and like it's down. I'm like, okay, yes, but, and our traffic is certainly down, but our rankings didn't change. So we've been, I've been doing position tracking and all of our keywords and they've kind of didn't move. So I think it's a bigger issue than that. So that said, I think, um, I've been doing SEO since like 2004 and I still read about it. I still study it. I still know what needs to be done. And I just, and I also have the expertise in pool and hot tub care. And so I just decided that I'm the best man for the job. Uh, You know, it just, it, it, it is. Plus, uh, as I do these articles, update them and write them and create new ones and all that stuff, I am learning about my industry and getting really deep in the weeds, which is going to help me craft better reels, be a better speaker, um, create better courses, better uh, you know content in general. So just kind of immersing myself back into it is going to make me skilled, or or I should say like improve my existing skills in those areas, especially on my topics. Another thing that uh, I'm doing this podcast and I'm walking around and I'm talking about my business, behind the scenes stuff. One of the benefits or one of the reasons I decided that this was, that it would be a good idea to publish these as episodes on the Money Lab podcast, is because I'm actually already doing this. I'm already walking around talking about this stuff to myself to help me clarify things in my business. The second benefit was I could use this time to get better at speaking. So during these episodes, and I'm not very good at it yet, I am trying to speak without using filler words. I am trying to use and be comfortable with dead air. 
like that. <laughs> uh, see, I just said, uh. I'm trying to get better at speaking, and I think that will translate in, in different ways. One way is like when I do my Instagram reels or my short form videos and my long form videos, yes, I'm reading a script, but when I start to ad lib, I want to be... I want to be eloquent with my words and choose my words wisely. When I am doing our courses and I'm filming those videos, they will not be scripted. I will be off the cuff. When I do my podcast episodes for some university, some of that is off the cuff. And I don't want it to be filled with, um, so like alkalinity, right? Like, okay. So like in the world of pools or hot tubs, whatever, like, Alkalinity. Am I right? I don't want to be that guy. That was just an impression of myself that I just did, which I guess I think I'm an idiot from Southern California, (laughs) which I am not. So anyway, back to what we're talking about. This is my checklist for creating articles for our website in WordPress, specifically in WordPress. The first thing that I do... This is, by the way, this is just a checklist. So when I'm creating the articles, I make sure to check all these off. First thing I do, run headline analyzer. That is a tool that I use. It's created by CoSchedule. I use it. It costs like $10 a month, I think. I'm recommending it, but I don't really use it that intently, Uh, but it is something I use. And it just helps me to create the SEO'd version of the headline. So what I've been doing recently is I create a very specific headline in WordPress. For example, how to lower alkaline in a hot tub. Super boring title, but great if you're searching for that on the website. Then I use the Yoast plugin, which I'll talk about later, to craft a more sensationalized version of the headline that will increase my CTR in the SERPs. CTR means click-through rate. SERPs means search engines results page. So I run headline analyzer to get that sensational headline. I write the post in Grammarly. So Grammarly is a plugin, but it is also a writer. You can I have a little button at the top in my Google Chrome browser and I click it, I click new document and I hide the assistant. So I'm just writing in white and it doesn't, I don't think it alerts me when I do something wrong in the moment. Once I finish writing it, I pull the assistant out and I fix it all up grammar wise, you know, all of those things. So I write and store the post in Grammarly. I've toyed with using Hemingway. I would love to use Hemingway because it allows me, to, it, it helps me to write short sentences, which I like, but the app just kind of sucks because it doesn't, it only does one thing. It doesn't have any storage capacity and I need the storage. And so Grammarly has that storage and it's just articles. So I use it for articles. I use it for uh, copywriting, all that stuff. I insert 
This is the third thing. I insert what I wrote down as PCH or HTH. And that means nothing to you. But what it means to me, it's a short code that promotes our courses within the content. So I like to put those short codes towards the top of the content. And that's just to promote our, our paid products. I add FAQs. So I say add FAQs. So this is something I've talked about, I think, earlier on the show. But what I do is I, when I'm writing a post, I take that keyword, I go into incognito mode in Google Chrome, I enter it into Google, and then I go to the section that says people also ask. And I just keep hitting the drop downs so it gives me a huge list of questions that are related to that topic. What I do is I copy and paste all of those questions and I go into ChatGPT, which I have trained to be me as a, as a pool expert. And I ask it, I say, hey, me, I guess, or version, a computer version of me. I say, answer these questions using one to three sentences max and include the question as an H3 headline. It spits out the answers with the H3 as the topic or the question. I copy that, I put it into Grammarly and I, you know, fix it. I change it, I add to it. If it's wrong, I fix that because sometimes it is wrong, but it helps me to craft the FAQs much faster. And then sometimes the FAQs, I don't even look when I copy and paste them. Sometimes there's duplicate questions and I just delete the duplicates. Then I add an embedded video. So we have a pretty large YouTube channel that we are continuing to publish every week. And if a video is related or would help with a certain section, I embed that video in the content. I add a featured snippet. How do I do this? So what I like to do is similar to the FAQ thing, I'm taking questions, like a question that is related to the content, but is kind of a tangent, and I wrap it in a snippet short code. And this is something that I've, it's not a part of a, you know, when I, when I had Carbon and I was selling that, it was my WordPress theme, I didn't include this because I knew people would screw it up because <laughs> it's hard to do. Or it's just, it's just easy to screw up, I should say. I created a short code for myself just called snippet. So I do bracket, snippet, bracket. Then I write an H4 headline and a paragraph. And then I do bracket, backslash, snippet, bracket. And that creates this, on the website, it creates a blue box with white text and a little emblem in the corner that has a light bulb, and that's the featured snippet. So it kind of highlights a piece of content that is great for the reader, but is also possible that Google will pick it up as a featured snippet. So I at least add one per post. Then I have create graphics. Now this one's kind of open-ended, but I make sure that I have graphics, at least one or two graphics per post that are custom made by me. 
I make all of our graphics in Adobe XD. The reason I like using Adobe XD is because I have one giant board of all related graphics to hot tubs. So if I need an asset, I can just grab it from another artboard and you know copy it over into a different artboard all on the same screen and do what I have to do to make those graphics very quickly. Whereas if I use something like Illustrator, which I do use Illustrator to craft more complex things that can't be done in XD, but once I'm done crafting those, I export it as an SVG and I stick it into XD so that I can keep reusing the asset and I can manipulate it. That might be a little bit more advanced, but that's what I do. As far as uh, graphics, that also includes photos too. So I just use the term graphics to include like a static image essentially. And I probably should say, instead of create graphics, I should probably just say create images because <laughs> images applies to both photos and graphics. So I'm probably gonna end up changing that. So that means maybe I have to go out and actually take a photo with my phone of something that I own or something that I have in my house or I go through our B-roll and I screenshot something to turn it into a photo or I create a graphic, but something to showcase what's going on. And they're all custom. None of them are stock, by the way. Then I create the featured image, which is the image that appears when you share it and on our home and, and throughout our website. I have committed to doing uh, a 16 by 9 size. So every single one of our feature images is 1920 by 1080. It is 1080 HD. It's the same size as a thumbnail. And I just uniformed it that way. It also works pretty well for like sharing images. Then I add and edit affiliate links using Lasso. Lasso is the tool that I helped uh, build with, with Andrew. I no longer are affiliated with the company. I don't, I, I, I don't work for the company anymore, but I use the tool because it was <laughs> a lot of it uh, came from ideas that I had created way, way back in the day, I think like 2014. So I still use it because it's the best uh, tool for what I've always done on Swim University. Then I, and when I say add and, I, I write add and edit products. So what I do is I, I have an inventory of affiliate links that I use all the time. But sometimes I write a new article or update an old article and I'm like, oh, I can link to this product. So I may have to add that product into Lasso first, get the image, craft a description, categorize it, you know, basically add it to my inventory, which is like adding a product to Shopify, similar to that. And then I can now use that link in that post. So that's what I mean by adding a product and then editing it. I might go through and find, ooh, you know what? We added this Lasso, like an old article that I have updated. We've added this Lasso link, this uh, affiliate link, but there's no description. So I have to pop over into Lasso, create a description, and maybe I have to update the image and round it out a little bit, maybe change the title a little, bit, a little bit to make it a little bit easier to read. 
you know, so that's what I do there. Then I add a category in WordPress, pretty simple. I tag it in WordPress. So I use tags. So categories is how uh, the entire website is structured. So everything's in a category and that's how we have um, all of these. Well, if you go on the website, you'll see it at the bottom. Those are all the categories in our footer. But tags are hidden. And I use tags to automatically generate the recommended guides at the bottom of every article. So every article I programmatically say, we recommend, like after you've read this article, here are some other articles that you could read. Now, I could programmatically do that using categories, but categories are much broader. So what I use tags for is basically a secondary category. So it kind of goes three levels for us. We have two main categories on the site. They're parent categories. Swimming pool care and hot tub care. That's it. But then we have subcategories or child categories underneath those two. So for pools, it would be uh, pool water chemistry, pool troubleshooting, pool equipment, things like that. And then it's the exact same for hot tub. It just says something. It says hot tub equipment you know, hot tub chemistry, et cetera. I use tags as a sub subcategory. So for example, you have hot tub care, hot tub water chemistry under hot tub care, and then hot tub balancing, which is a, which are chemicals and a thing you would do under chemistry. Shocking would be under chemistry. So I'd have hot tub shocking because we might have three articles all about shocking a hot tub. So that allows me to get a little bit more granule with the or granular with the recommendations and more specific. So that's what I use tags for. I have written down, I do a final edit. So after I've gone through and added, you know, FAQs and headlines and graphics and images and et cetera things, I go through and I read it and edit it again. So shortened sentences, bold things, uh, make sure things are reading right, fix any spelling mistakes that maybe, you know, Grammarly caught later once it was in WordPress, you know. So I, I do eventually, like, if you didn't guess, I take it out of Grammarly and put it into WordPress. And then I have to, yeah, so... That happens. Um, so that's like the final edit. Then I go and add and edit the meta description for Yoast. So I used Yoast. I've also used Rank Math in the past. I'm kind of, I'm just kind of so locked into Yoast on this site. I've used it since day one. So I just don't see a need to change right now. Um, so I check the meta description, make sure that's there. And I make sure I edit for the Yoast score. I want the score to be green. And then I set an offer in WordPress. So for what I do, and this is something that's custom, is we have offers. Uh, we have a pool care cheat sheet, a hot tub cheat sheet, and a saltwater cheat sheet. We are eventually gonna have more, but those are the three we have now. And I use a program called Advanced Custom Fields, which is free, it's a plugin. And I use that to and then I also use advanced, uh, or sorry, admin columns pro, and I can set that 
in the actual column, like, okay, which offer do you want to be associated with this post? And so then I can say, oh, if it's a saltwater pool post, I can set it to show the saltwater pool cheat sheet on that page. And it shows it at the very top of the article and at the bottom of the article. And that is totally custom HTML that I did. Then I add one to three external links to the post. So I at least try to add one external link to a reputable source if I can, if I can make it work organically. If I don't, I'm not that upset if I can't add one, but I try to. That's the one, that's the one task that I sometimes don't check off because I didn't reference anybody. I, they all came from my head. So, you know, I mean, there are external links to Amazon on, on the page that's generated by Lasso. So I don't know if that counts, but I try to add one. Maybe I read something on the CDC website that helps with pool, because they talk about a lot of pool stuff and pool safety and water chemistry. You know, maybe I find, you know, maybe I talk about some complex topic and I just link out to it. But I, but I haven't, I don't do that for every article, but I have done it. Then I add three to six internal links. Now, that I usually do by hand because I will read a passage and go, oh, well, we, if you want more help with this specific topic that I'm talking about, we actually have a full post over here and I link to it because I know what posts we have on our website. Um, but I started using a plugin called Link Whisperer and that's been pretty good to find stuff, especially if I had trouble thinking of stuff in the moment. So it's a good tool. Then, a little secret, I use, uh, the, this other one is make clear scope grade A plus or higher. For that one, I use this program called ClearScope. It costs quite a bit of money, if I'm being honest. And what I, what it, the reason I like ClearScope, there's a lot of other tools. I think SEMrush has a tool similar to this, Surfer SEO, there's Phrase, there's, there are other tools that do this. But I like ClearScope because it has a very simple plugin with WordPress and I can do everything in the post. I don't have to go to an external site to do this work. Basically what it does, if you're not familiar with it, is it scans, you put in a keyword and it scans, I think the top 30 posts, maybe even more, or maybe, maybe less, and finds the most used keywords for the top posts for that keyword, and then checks it against your content to make sure that you are using similar keywords so that you have a better chance of ranking. So I just make sure that I get an, and it scores you based on how much you use the same words. So I will just go through and be like, oh, can I add in this, you know, maybe I've, maybe I already wrote something similar, but I'll just change that to, to read the way that that ClearScope wants it to read. So if I had an example, like I just did one recently where I was doing an article and they wanted me to use the word pH scale. And I was like, okay, well, actually I have an image of a pH scale in the post. I just didn't reference it in my, in my words. So what I did was I went, 
And below, here's, here's our version of a pH scale. So I just like added some text, which actually is better. It's better for the reader that I did that. And it, goes, it gives my clear scope score higher, which possibly helps me to rank a little bit. I am not 100% sold on this being a true game changer or not, but I've been doing it for a long time and it seems to be, I'm like, you know what? Give me a little bit of an extra chance. It's not that difficult to do. So that's what I do. Then I, now, now once I do that, the post is done. Okay. So we're now, the post is published. We're out. It's good to go. And now there's a couple of, there's a, there's one step where I add it to SEMrush. And then after that, it's time to promote it. So I say update in SEMrush. And what does that mean? So for an old article, if I took an old article and I've optimized it and I did all these checklists, I, I checked off all these boxes and I optimized the article, I will go into SEMrush and we, ha- we, do, we use position tracking, which I used to use in Ahrefs, same thing. Every single primary keyword that we target in WordPress using Yoast, we have like over 200 posts, so over 200 keywords. Every single one of those keywords is being tracked in SEMrush. And what I do is I go in and I have two tags, so you can tag these keywords within SEMrush so that you can categorize them and see how well those tags are doing total, which is nice. I have two tags new and optimized. So when I optimize a post, I will go find that keyword that's already in position tracking and I will add the tag optimized, which tells me that Matt has touched this post and made it better. And so now that I know that it's been optimized, I can see is the ranking going up or down? If it's going down, I didn't optimize it good enough and I have to go back and try it again. But if I optimize it and it's going up, then I'm, I'm doing the right work. Great, I'm, I'm winning, right? Or I may have to, it, may, it may signal that I need to change something. But so far, whenever I optimize a post, it goes up. Then I go in, if it's a new post that I write, I'll go into SEMrush and I'll add that keyword to position tracking and I will tag it as new. So it tells me that this is a newly this is a brand new post and it's been optimized. So I want to see how well it does, where it comes in on the rankings and, and is it going up? Now, after that's done, all right, we're tracking, tracking's in place. It's all good to go. We got to promote it. So first thing I do is I promote it on Facebook. I go into our meta business suite and I schedule it for the next day. That makes sense. So I just put it in there, I, I write one sentence, I put the link in, it pulls in the featured image, looks good to go, that's as, as much as I do. Mainly the reason I do that is one, obviously like I want it out there and I want it indexed within Facebook. That's my main goal, it's like get Facebook to recognize that this link has been shared once before. Especially if it's a new link. If it's an old link, I've, already, I've probably updated it, the, at least the featured image, so I want the featured image to be re-scraped 
and then that's now locked into Facebook. And that's the same with all the rest of these things. But I also write a sentence and I try to get people, hey, you're following us on Facebook. You're probably interested in this. So I get some traffic that way too. I also promote it on Pinterest. The way I do that is when I'm creating the featured image, which is, uh, that's, sorry, 16 by nine or, or 1920 uh, by 1080 pixels. What I do for Pinterest is I just flip it. So I go, it's now nine, uh, 1920 pixels tall. So it's, and then it's uh, 180 pixels wide. Or, or sorry, not 180, uh, 1080 pixels wide. And I write the text in it and I make it look nice. And that becomes a pin. And I link to the article. What I also do with that image is I drag and drop it into iPhotos on my computer, which uploads it to the cloud and puts it on my phone. I log into Instagram and I create a story on our Instagram page that is that post, that is that image I just created, and then I link to the article. Why? Because why not? <laughs> I just created it for Pinterest, which is a search engine. That's another place where it happens to fit the aspect ratio, and I can provide a link. And it doesn't only last for 24 hours, but it takes me two seconds. And it's getting my story up on Instagram. Can't hurt. Uh, I also schedule an email. So I will go into Klaviyo. I have the featured image. So I add that at the top of the, of the post or of the email. I create the email. I write a little blurb. I use ChatGPT to write a little blurb about the article. I basically go into ChatGPT. I feed it the article. I tell it to summarize the article. And then I tell it to turn it into an email that I send to whoever, hot tub owners, pool owners, whatever. It crafts the email for me. I have to change it, obviously, but I pop it into Clavio with the featured image at the top. I link the featured image to the post. I write the article. I have a button at the bottom that says click here to read the full article. That's it. Simple as that. I am basically emailing my list, telling them, kind of summarizing what the article is about and telling them to go read the full thing. That's giving me some initial traffic bump which is nice. And then finally, and this is the newest thing and really should be um, higher on the list as far as like higher on the checklist is I record a podcast episode. I think what I'm going to do is replace, I have this checkbox that says do the final edit. I'm probably just going to do, replace that with record podcast. Because me reading the article out loud and recording it is me editing it. Because I'm reading it out loud and I can make those edits when I'm done reading it. So I'm probably going to do that, kill two birds with one stone sort of thing. Okay. Once the, There's one more step that I'm going to have to do. And I don't know where this fits in, but... Um, there's, I need to take that episode that I recorded and 
published. Now, I'm probably, in my head, I would like the episodes to come out weekly. So I would love to be able to schedule the, the, the podcast episodes. So I'm not just, you know, if I decide to go on a rampage one week and publish five new articles or whatever. So I'm going to have five podcasts. I'm not going to drop all five podcasts in one week. I want to drip them out every Monday, let's say. So there is a step where I have to wait for the episode to be published as a podcast episode, and then I embed it in the, at the bottom of the post. Now, I am still trying to decide whether I should include the podcast at the bottom of the post or somewhere towards the top because you might go ahead and read the whole post and then at the bottom go, ah, shit, I could have just listened to it. And then it's like defeats the purpose of what it is. But if I put it at the top, then I might have the opposite, which is like, oh, I'm just going to listen to this and I'm not going to engage with the rest of the post. So I'm kind of at a crossroads. I'd be curious if you are still listening to this, what you think I should do. You can email me, Matt, at moneylab.co. But essentially, that's it. That's my checklist. So far, it's January 2024. It's obviously going to change. If it does change drastically, I'll do a new episode. If it doesn't change drastically, which I doubt it will, um, I probably won't. I'll probably just drip out Hey, you know, I did this thing here and there, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, that's essentially it. And if you have any further questions or you have any ideas I could do to add to that, I don't really want to add to it. But if you did, I'd be interested to hear what you have to say. Email me, Matt at MoneyLab.co. That's it. Bye-bye.